I put my tripod on a stone in in the water and suddenly a wave came <laughs> and the wave put the tripod and me in the ocean. Welcome to the Viewfinders Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Dargy, here in the Granite City, Aberdeen in Scotland. And this is the show where we dive into the thoughts of some of the best photographers from around the world with the aim of inspiring you to take the next bold steps on your photography journey. My guest today is Julia Redel, a landscape photographer from Germany whose thoughtful and minimalist style has made her one of my favorite photographers right now. And you just heard her talking about something that I'm sure most landscape photographers can relate to, taking an unexpected dip in the sea while we're on a shoot. We'll introduce Julia in a minute, but well, I hope you're safe and well. How have you been? I've been busy this week uh, with some casting headshots and corporate headshots. That was super fun, as it always is. And I've also been working on this, the final episode of the fourth season of the show. That makes 40 episodes of the Viewfinders podcast now. This has been a great season. And as I always like to do on the last episode of the season, I want to thank all of my guests, Scott Shatheneo, Mark Pickering, Glenn Dunbar, Robin Moore, George Steinmetz, Matt Kennedy, Stephanie Johnson, Nicholas Docks, Monty Rackerson, and Julia Reddell. I'm truly inspired by all of the guests this season who kindly agreed to have a chat with this random stranger who emailed them out of the blue. So thank you to all of my guests. Thanks also to MPB who have sponsored this season of the show and thanks most of all to you, the listener for tuning in from 96 countries all over the world this season. Honestly, you should see the map on my analytics page for the podcast. It's crazy. Um, Thanks to everybody all over Europe, Scandinavia, North America, Japan, Brazil, New Zealand, Singapore, Costa Rica, UAE, Ethiopia, Indonesia, Taiwan, Tanzania, Algeria, Iceland, Sri Lanka, DRC, Iran, Peru, Mali, Kenya, and almost everywhere else. I'm really grateful that you came along and that you're part of the community that's building around this show. So thank you so much. It makes the hours I put into this all worthwhile. I'm already working on the next batch of episodes and the podcast will be back sometime around the end of June. But in the meantime, like I said, there's 40 episodes for you to check out. So go ahead and do that if you want to. And please connect with me on Instagram at viewfinderspodcast where you can see my photography, I can see your photography, you can laugh at videos of me falling over on roller skates, but seriously, I would like to connect with you there, and if you haven't already done so, let me invite you to subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite platform so you never miss an episode. Okay, on to this week's episode. Julia Reddell is a landscape photographer from Lake Constance in Germany. You know when you open up your Instagram and there are just some photographers you really look forward to seeing their next update. For me, that's Julia. She's just one of my favorite landscape photographers that I've discovered over the last year or so for her minimalist landscapes, her thoughtful, intimate close-ups and her photographs of moving water. Julia's images always create some kind of mood and her use of composition almost creates a sense of motion causing your eye to move around the frame. We talk about her recent trip to Lofoten in Norway, photographing in the rain, photographing in the desert, what she learned from tailoring that applies to her photography, persistence, and so much more. 
Uh, one note before we get into it, uh, when I talk about composition with Julia, uh, Julia often uses the word motif or motifs to talk about composition. So just to help you follow the conversation. Uh, there's a lot to take away from this thoughtful photographer who has a really unique eye. Hope you enjoy this. Here's my conversation with Julia Riddle. Julia, welcome to the Viewfinders podcast. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. No, yeah, you're welcome. Um, I should give people listening, I should give them some context because this is not the first time that we've spoken. But the last time that we spoke a couple of months ago or a few weeks ago, uh, the recording was broken for some reason. It didn't work out. So we're having a second try here, which I really, really appreciate you doing. And so because we had spoken before, I didn't really prepare for this. I prepare a lot for conversations. I want to feel like I know where the conversation might go. And I have a lot of questions lined up, as you know. But um, I thought I don't need to do that now. I'll just quickly refresh, you know, half an hour before the call. And when I went to do my refresh half an hour ago, uh, I realized that I deleted the notes <laughs> from last time. So I quickly scrambled to find something to put that I'd emailed you before. But here we go. Here we are. But at least we have some familiarity. So it should be fine. It'll be okay. We will see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's really fun to talk to you again. I enjoyed talking last time and I don't mind um, spending another hour with you. It's fine. So I think you're just my favorite landscape photographer on Instagram at the moment. I always really enjoy seeing your pictures. It's a fresh view to me. It doesn't look like a lot of other people's photography. It's not just the standard landscape photography. Um, you deal in minimalism quite a lot, which I think is hard to do. I think it's probably a lot harder than it looks. And, and then there's always some kind of mood. And then you have these interesting close-ups pictures of water and waves I'm, I'm really interested in seeing everything that comes up whenever you post I want to see oh, it so thank you <laughs> yeah it's great so last time we spoke you were about to go to Lofoten and now you've just came back so I wanted to ask you how was your trip there how, how did it go oh it was really exciting because the weather conditions have been um, a real challenge Mm -hmm. um, one minute there was a lot of rain, the other minute there was a little bit, but only a little bit of sunshine, and then there's a big cloud coming with snow, and mm -hmm. <laughs> always very, very stormy, um, big wind, <laughs> so okay. it was really... Um, difficult to uh, do some long exposure photos and it was a little bit sad I think because I couldn't do that what I have in my mind. Okay and then so was that that was what you had in mind the long exposures? Yes I really like uh, long exposures for reducing the view the the picture to reduce it to mini to make minimalism it's a good way to use long exposures because then the water is smooth, the sky is different, perhaps uh, more silent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And so I saw on Instagram that you, you maybe you got splashed by a wave or did you fall in the, in the sea, something like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that was really, um, yes, 
in German leichtsinnig. Um, I don't know the English word. I put my tripod on a stone in, in the water. And before I observed the ocean and it seems to be okay, mm -hmm. but then um, suddenly a wave came yeah. <laughs> and the wave put the tripod and me in the ocean, but it was not steep, only perhaps 60, 70 centimeters. Okay, okay, so it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, but I was wet, and but I um, was uh, able to put my camera and tripod high. So okay, it was only a little bit of water on the camera, <clears throat> and uh, this day uh, the camera said to me it couldn't work, but okay. on the other day it it was okay. Okay, I, so it, it, it didn't work for a while and then it was okay the next day. Yes. Okay, oh, that you must have been so relieved. I was really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Because it was the second day on the photo. Mm -hmm. So um, the journey would be other. Yeah. If the camera was, would be broken. You don't normally work at the coast, of, you know, by the sea on a beach. You don't normally do that. No. Okay. I I'm living on a lake and yeah. the, the waves are very small, <laughs> perhaps 20 centimeters. <clears throat> it's something you learn when you are working by the sea. The waves can be very gentle, but every now and again, there, there's a because when they come in and they go out, they sort of cancel each other. Do you know the outgoing wave cancels the incoming one? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so yes. sometimes it just works out that a bigger one comes all the way through. It's something that we all learn, I think. You just have to keep an eye on it. You must always keep an eye on it. I but, have uh, learned it after <laughs> my <yeah, trip>. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I noticed that I have to wait 15 minutes, perhaps. And after 15 minutes, it's, there was a big wave. Okay. And then there was a time without big waves, but then... <laughs> they come again yeah yeah so it's that kind of rhythm but you get used to it and you know you can't turn your back to the water now it's you just have to yes. really be be safe especially if you're on your own like that you know okay so that's what you've been doing now let's go back to when did you first get into photography i started with photography in my youth together with my brother i spend a lot of time in nature where we photographed um, plants and landscapes. In the beginning, we were more on the lookout for motives on the doorstep, then later on our travels to Europe. At that time, I used an analog SLR camera. However, I no longer remember the brand of it. Then in my 20s, I traveled to Spain and in the Pyrenees and to a mountain range called Picos de Europa in Asturias, in North Spain. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the time I was hiking there with an international group of young people for um, a better work between the countries, young people make 
sort of exchange. Mm -hmm. Like a young and people's exchange program. Yes, yes something like this for okay. European, uh, for the European community to mm. um, improve it. Okay. And um, I have been taking a lot of pictures at this time of the mountains and the landscapes there in Spain. At that time, I had no idea about photography, let alone image composition. I had no idea about it. I just uh, snapped away without thinking about the results. I just wanted to capture the beauty of the nature. Mm -hmm. During my studies, I made a longer break and traveled to New Zealand and Hawaii. There I also hiked a lot and enjoyed uh, the nature. Of course, I also photographed here without end and produced countless slides. Mm -hmm. After my trip, I showed them on slide evenings to my family and to my friends. I don't know. Uh, do you have used slides? Um, have I photographed with slide film? Yeah, I, a long time ago. Yeah, I, when I started, I was shooting film. And if you were good, you would shoot on slide, you know. But um, I remember when I was a kid, like people would come back from holidays and they would show you their slides. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. And it was endless. <laughs> it was just and, a lot of pictures. An evening with slides uh, could uh, <laughs> take a long time. And sometimes it was, was a little bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> After my return, there was a longer break from photography and I didn't take any more landscapes. When my children were still small, I only took souvenir photos of the family with a small digital camera. At some point, however, I got hooked on photography again and bought my first digital SLR camera with interchangeable lenses. Mm -hmm. It was a Nikon for hobby photographers. Some years ago, I traveled to Namibia and to Borneo to photograph wildlife and was quite unhappy with the outcome of my photos. Most of the pictures were blurry, the animals too far away mm -hmm. or way too small. In addition, I was still shooting JPEGs and could not post-process the photos as is possible in a raw format. For this reason, the next camera was a Nikon D500. This camera is great for wildlife photography. Mm -hmm. It has a fast autofocus, but unfortunately, um, there was a, again a problem. For good wildlife photos, you need a good telephoto lens. Mm -hmm. And it was too heavy for me to carry on hikes. Mm -hmm. After these experiences, I decided to return to landscape photography. At first, I attended some evening classes in photography. Um, I learned the basics of photography like the relationship between aperture ISO, ISO? ISO yeah. <laughs> and exposure time. Mm -hmm. 
I attended workshops on landscape photography, learned how to implement long exposures and use filters. My photos have changed somewhat as a result, but somehow the image quality still didn't convince me. So after using my Nikon D500 for two or three years, I decided to switch to a full-frame mirrorless camera after a shorter period of getting used to it, I finally feel like I found the right camera for me okay. at the okay. moment. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get you. So it sounds like you had some interest in photography when you were younger and then family time came and then it's, things are different, obviously, in that time. And now that you're, you're able to get back into it now, but... I read, I think, must have been on your website. That, did you train as a tailor? Is that right? Yes, that's right. While my school time, while the time uh, I have visiting school, there was the opportunity to um, do the training as a ta tailor mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. In the morning, I go to school, and in the afternoon, we learned to make clothes okay like is that do you mean school or university school okay also when you were like a child um uh, older child teenager teenager yes okay okay <laughs> in the last three years before i finished school yeah i went, meant to ask you this last time but you're a musician as well am i right uh but only hobby musician Okay. Position, not professional. Okay. For violin? Violin, yes. Okay. And so when did you, how long have you played violin? When did you start that? Oh, I started, um, I have been 35 years, perhaps. Okay. Okay. I was old. <laughs> okay. It was so exciting for me to learn violin because it uh, looks so difficult. Mm -hmm. because there is nothing for your fingers you don't know where to put them yeah they are not like a guitar where you have the yeah the frets yes yeah yeah it, it looks really difficult i don't know how anyone can do any like a fretless instrument so you have to place your finger exactly on the right spot yes. every time that's insane yes um i'm always uh, the reason i ask is because i'm always interested in sort of creative crossover if, if you know what I mean if how it, either skills or just thoughts or I, principles that you might have learned in tailoring or in music if those things somehow cross into photography or if they help you as a photographer um, I was talking to Kai Hornung you, you know mm. or you know of Kai who that is he was a musician you know in his background mm. way before photography and I felt from talking to him that it definitely helped him as a photographer the creative confidence that he had do you know what i mean even though it's not the same skill but there was there was a he he has an assuredness about the creative process and um, i i wondered if that was something for you from from tailoring which to me it looks very creative and very skillful uh, and quite you have to be quite careful about it i guess maybe a little bit like landscape photography and certainly with music as well it takes a, a lot of thought and a lot of skill and imagination as well. 
So I, I wondered if there were things that you learned from those other creative outlets that somehow help in your photography. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand what you are asking. I think it could be that it's, it is helping me, but difficult to describe it. Um, through my training as a dressmaker, I have developed a sense of color. The understanding of color and structure is something I try to bring in the design of my photos. Um, probably through my love of manual work, I have found an approach to the selection of colors, patterns, and the arrangement of different elements in the picture. During my training as a dressmaker, we were also asked to design garments which require to deal with colors and shapes. This is how I developed a feeling for proportions Mm -hmm. and possible color combinations. Okay, let's jump into your photography. I feel like you create a mood in your in your photography. Like it's quite calm, usually makes you kind of think and slow down and reflect. And there's a story on your website about driving into a scene in Iceland. And I wanted to ask you about that story. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll quote this piece of the story to you. Um, I usually set off without a plan, mm. let myself be guided by chance, follow beautiful places and light moods and see what happens. Could you talk a little bit more about this process of setting out for photography without a plan and seeing what happens? Can you say more about that? Um, I actually wrote this text for a blog by the Italian photographer Antonio Aleo. Um, in it, I described the creation of a photo of Aldea Foss in Iceland. Yeah, go ahead. It is a typical example. Often I go out to photograph without a specific plan. That morning I just decided to visit this remote place. The only thing I make sure of is that I go out either in the evening or in the morning. I found that I shouldn't shoot photos at noon because the light and contrasts are just too harsh. However, this is also not set in stone. Every now and then I come across motives that are also beautiful at noon especially when it is cloudy or foggy. Okay, there is one thing I do plan. When I go on a longer photo trip by plane or car, I plan a certain daily sequence or schedule and the order of the different locations. First and foremost, I determine the location that I definitely don't want to miss. For example, for the trip to Lofoten, I organized a hiking map and a photo travel guide. However, I tried not to simply copy the photos from the book. <laughs> but since I have, uh, but since I don't have time to do some scouting, the book was very helpful. 
for finding parking spots or informing me about the best time of the day to take photos. I found some unique photo locations by walking through the snow and over the ice with snowshoes. Often I stopped at a car park along the road, got out and explored the surrounding area. In Lofoten, all plans had to be changed as there was a constant change in the weather. Mm -hmm. So I have had a plan and uh, I have to change it yeah. <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> It's not working uh, because um, I used an app for the rain radar mm -hmm. and then I see, oh, now 30 minutes without rain. I have to go out and shoot. Right. And then um, I saw, okay, one hour rain and I uh, take the car and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then I have at the other place, perhaps also 30 minutes without okay. <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny, <laughs> funny experience. And yeah. it was a little bit um, not so calm because I was always in a hurry because of the rain. Yeah. With rain, I think it's so difficult to take pictures with rain mm -hmm. or with, with wind. It's almost yeah. impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's if you, I know you were thinking about coming here to Scotland. Yes. I mean, the rain is. The, the thing, if you go to the West Coast sky, is the rain makes it in a way, you know? The rain makes the photograph exciting. But it's like you describe, you, you're waiting for a gap in the rain. So I think mm. the, te the technique here, and in, in sky anyway, is you go to the place, you have your waterproofs on, and it's raining, and you just wait. <laughs> and you have to wait for the five-minute break in the rain, and then you can take the cap off the camera and, and go ah, to it okay you know um so yeah it's it's difficult but it's so rewarding when you get it you know mm. with that because the clouds make such a difference and if you get the rain clouds and the sun shooting through at the same time it's amazing yeah. but yeah it's it's and there's no, it's difficult and there's no guarantee you'll get anything you know um so. but i understand it's right right um you don't take photos Uh, during the rain you also wait you can i mean i would it's just when rain gets on the front of the camera it just makes it so difficult as soon as you wipe it it goes everywhere so it's it's probably better to wait it out you do get these storm umbrellas you know big umbrella with holes in it so i know some people do that and they'll shoot in the rain but yeah if you have wind as well it's a bit tricky but yeah. so i think for me i would be inclined to to just try and wait out the rain or just wait till it's maybe it's blowing that way or not this way you know um, <laughs> but yeah if you're there if you've gone all that way to to get there then you have to go out and try at least you know mm. um, so, but it's that's yeah scotland you'll get that for, as well for sure and so. in scotland is there a season in the year where it's better you can yeah you can get rain every day i mean you could get rain all the time but autumn when i would go to sky 
you will definitely get rain most days. Mm -hmm. Okay. But but it, the, the, it's good, you know, if you get it working for you, it's good. And like you described with Lofoten, it changes quickly. Mm -hmm. So you know if it's raining now, it probably won't be raining soon. So, you know, and, and you can see it moving through, you know, you see the clouds mm, coming okay. and going. So, yeah, it's it's challenging, but yeah, it's, it's very good if you can get it. So um, a good plan would be to scout the location in the rain and go back to the car and wait and <laughs> if it start uh, if the rain stop you can go out <laughs> it depends on the location because you might be so far from the car that you know yes, by the time you come be. out again but mm. um but there's a picture of mine from lewis the isle of lewis with the standing stones um mm -hmm. and I was there like all afternoon and it just rained and rained and rained and I'm in and out of the car when the rain stopped, but there was no light. Um, and yeah. so it was, it was like the end of the day. So I'd been there all afternoon and the sun was really, was the light was going and I just got this. It's a glimmer. It's there, you know, there's some light on the stones. It's just enough. Um, but that was a really, really, really long afternoon. But that's, you can get that. I'm lucky to have got that. The next day, it just rained all day. Anyway, we're not talking about me. Um, that's so, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's challenging though. So is, is it not so rainy in Germany where you are? No. Um, the last four weeks or five weeks, we haven't had any rain at all. It was so dry. But now, um, two days rain. Mm -hmm. I don't know what four weeks without rain is like. I've never experienced that in my life. So, so another quote I, I found on your website was that uh, after your initial excitement had subsided about being in a new location, that you become aware of the scenery and you start to see things one after another. I was wondering if you could say more about that process as well. Um, yes, I try. <laughs> Initially, I am often first completely overwhelmed uh, by the landscape. That is, first I just look, let the atmosphere affect me, listen to the sounds and perhaps also enjoy the smell of grass or fresh earth. Therefore, I always need time until I can fully engage with this uh, scenery. <laughs> of course, there are landscapes that make it easy to find motifs. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, Iceland is such a country where new images constantly appear as if by themselves. Therefore, at least superficially, it is quite easy to take landscape photos here. Besides, there are parking possibilities everywhere and hiking trails through the fascinating landscape full of waterfalls, mountains, and cliffs in the ocean. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a mistake to think the photos here would be easier to take. At first, one is dazzled by the abundance of possibilities mm -hmm. but I always quickly realize that this obvious beauty can quickly lead to overlooking the often countless details. Mm -hmm. I remember the day I was photographing at Aldeia Foss 
at first glance, there seem to be endless composition possibilities. Yet I walked around the waterfall for hours. The more details I discovered, the more difficult it seemed to me to implement. Mm -hmm. So I searched for a very long time for a way to combine the fascinating basalt columns and the rushing water of the cataracts into one picture. After the shooting, however, the picture is far from finished. So I have shot hundreds of photos of Aldeafos, but only at home on the computer, I will finally find the composition that I ultimately like best. Mm -hmm. So it is not only the location where my images emerge. When you're photographing then in the location, do you are you quite busy? Do you stay in one place or do you tend to move around and look for different lots of different things? It sounds like you're quite busy. Um, it depends. At the first time, uh, it could be that I be at one place and I don't move because I have an idea for the place, for the, uh, for the composition, and uh, I try to, to get it perhaps um, with, with the waves on, from the ocean. I have to, to, be, to wait for half an hour until I have the wave I want to have on my picture. Yeah. And, but then I have to force me to um, go somewhere else and to look for another composition possibility. Mm -hmm. And so I, I probably, I could spend um, three days on one <laughs> a certain place because it takes me such a long time to find that what I want to have. <laughs> okay, okay. When you're in each spot, you're quite determined about the picture you have in mind. I have a vision in my mind and I okay. try to realize it. So do you find that is, I think it's helpful to start with that, but sometimes if it isn't working, do you find that can be frustrating? Uh, I don't know. Um... <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. No, no because I, I always find something. It's just a, like a pro process. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. it works and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't work, but <laughs> I'm not frustrated. So I wanted to talk with you about minimalism. I, I really like your minimalist style. And yeah, like I said earlier, I it looks like there's only there's hardly anything in the picture which might make you feel like it's easier, but I don't think it's going to be easier. I bet you it's hard to get that such a few things in the picture to say so much. So what is it about minimal images that appeals to you? Um, I love the emptiness and the peace of mm -hmm. minimal images. For me, reducing the picture is an important way to compose pictures. Reducing the picture. Reducing, yes. Okay, okay, I get you. But sometimes it doesn't work. It depends always on the landscape. Mm -hmm. If there are a lot of stones, or yes, sometimes it doesn't work. 
Mm -hmm. So when you say reducing, you do you mean you're, you're composing the picture and you're trying to remove elements as much as you can? Yes. Yeah, that is yes. a challenge, isn't it? I don't know. I say I think it depends really on the landscape. Mm -hmm. um, in Iceland, I I took one picture was on the, in the west fjord. This one I um, I didn't need a long time to do that picture because um, it was just a, a moment with this cloud, with this mountain, with the sky, mm -hmm. and. Um, I used a telephoto lens. Mm -hmm. A telephoto lens. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. So I could um, put away <laughs> all the distracting other <laughs> elements. So that's a way, that's one way to help you to push things out of the frame, isn't it? The, the telephoto lens, yeah. Yes. Or, or zoom, even if you zoom in a wide lens, it can just get rid of some of the things you don't want. The newest picture on your Instagram feed is just a tree in yes. the snow. That makes it easy to make the picture minimalist, I guess, if there's nothing else around. Um, those landscapes lend themselves. I think this is what you're saying, isn't it? Certain landscapes will lend themselves to minimalist. Others, maybe not so much, and you have to work harder for Yes, it. if you compare uh, the picture from Lofoten with the last one with the tree, you see if I used my wide angle, there are much more elements in the picture. Mm -hmm. And it's not minimalism. It's not so, working with wide angle, len uh, angle lenses, I think. Yeah, it doesn't work so well with the wide angle lens. So yeah, there. so there's the, a picture from Lofoten just before that one with lots of rocks in the foreground. And that's mm -hmm. a, a wide angle lens. And the, the one before that as well, where there's a yes. big, big rock and a mini waterfall on it. But that, that's a different sh shot for you, isn't it? That's not your natural way to shoot, I don't think. No, that's not my natural kind of shooting. But I wanted to learn <laughs> to use a wide angle because yeah. I didn't know it. <laughs> okay. And how, so, so how did you find it? Um, difficult, <laughs> mm -hmm. especially especially because in the in, at the at the coast it was difficult with the waves, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> because yeah. you have to go so uh, close to the waves, mm -hmm. and then uh, it happened that I. <laughs> Yeah, you were, in, you were in the water. So yeah. I think with landscape, with wide angle landscapes, some people can do it. I had a guy on called Guy Edwards, and he has a, he really uses it well. He does a lot of different things, but his, his landscape shots tend to be very wide with a big, strong foreground. I just can't do it. I just can't do it at, at the wide angle lenses. 24, I'm kind of comfortable with that wide, maybe a little wider, but going into 16, 18, it's hard for me because mm. you have to work really hard on the foreground and then the thing that's far away just disappears, you know, it becomes so small and diminished. So I find that a challenge. So I'm glad to hear it's not just me. But I think it depends also on the landscape. Mm -hmm. If there is a mountain really close to you, there it could be that 14 millimeter is not wide enough. Yeah, that's true. In fact, if you go to Sky, 
some of the scenes there they're just made for wide angle it just fits you know mm. and the mountain is very close it's just over there um it's not far far away i did i wanted to ask you about your photographs in morocco um with the sand dunes did you find it different to shoot in the desert with sand dunes is that different than working with the snow in the mountains or is it basically the same thing um different because of the weather conditions but on both places the weather is always a challenge in the desert it's too hot to take pictures during the hike mm -hmm. or in the daytime um, in the mountains with snow it's sometimes just too cold mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> So, so that's the difference, but it's always uh, the same. It's, it's the a same, challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and then when with your eyes, though, when you're photographing, when you do get there to do it, are you looking for the same kind of elements in the picture? Lines, shapes, that kind of thing, textures? Yes, I think that's the same. Um, I always looking uh, after shapes and some interesting lines like some interesting curves or in uh, the desert you can play also with shadow and light mm, okay i think i have to go back to the desert because i am not finished okay, <laughs> with, okay. with the desert i think there's a lot more to do to okay. discover so when was the last time you were in the desert Oh, it was uh, 2019. Okay, okay. So you've come along since then. So you do a better job, let me just say. I would try it again and perhaps um, try something different, perhaps more with shadow and light. I haven't um, done this the last time. Let's talk about your camera gear. What would be your favorite camera and lens combination? I am working at the time with the full frame camera Sony Alpha 7R3. And I would like to have lenses from Sony, but uh, it is a question of money and weight. So I'm using a wide angle from Tamron. 17 to 28 millimeter and from Sigma the 100 to 400 millimeter um, it's cheaper and not so heavy mm -hmm. <laughs> the Sony telephoto lens is much more expensive and also much more weight to carry right. so it's the best for me the Sigma and then I have the Sony 24 to 105 millimeter. Ah, and my new one, the Samyang 14 millimeter. I bought it second hand before the Lofoten trip okay. because I just want to play with it. <laughs> okay, is that the one that went in the sea? No, I think it was the um, uh, Tamron, the 17 to 28. Okay, and was it okay? 
Yes, uh, it was okay. Okay, okay. It doesn't have water <laughs> inside. Or... No, no, no. I I was able to put it. Oh, I. Okay, I see. I... <laughs> you saved the camera as you were. Yes, I saved the camera, <laughs> and I get wet. <laughs> Got yeah. Wet. Okay. <laughs> Selfless. Um, okay. Do you use filters at all? Yes, um, I use. Now I use the case case magnetic mm -hmm. armor system the new one okay. <laughs> i bought it <laughs> right the case magnetic filters okay yes then uh, there's a new one um the new new filter system mm -hmm. and every everything is magnetic so it's so easy to use okay it's it sounds like a, like a really good idea it makes sense post-processing the images is that a big part of your photography oh yes um I could spend hours <laughs> uh, in front of my computer and I change my pictures from time to time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then I have one ver version mm -hmm. and then I change it the other day or <laughs> yes. Okay, so you can go and revisit the same pictures and come out with a different look. Yes. Depending how you feel, do you think? Or depending yes. if you learn something new? Yes, depending if I have the idea that I could change the background, perhaps from a picture, um, mm -hmm. the last wave picture from Lofoten, the big wave, mm -hmm. I noticed that the background is not so nice, so I changed it again. Okay, okay. It's like playing a game for me. Yeah, you enjoy it. Yes, I really enjoy it. Oh, you do. Okay, that's good. Some people do enjoy it. Other people I know just don't want to do that at all. You know, the processing so, side of things. It's so creat creative. creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you can play with the colors and with the light and you can change so much mm -hmm. in a picture. I think if you have that mindset that it's creative and you can do so much with it, that's very freeing for when you mm -hmm. approach processing. I think a lot of people feel like they just don't know if it's right, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that can paralyze some people, but I think that the mindset that you have is, is definitely more helpful. Uh, let's go on to talk about a couple of your photographs, if that's okay. Okay. And this round, I call it double exposure because I'm going to choose a picture to ask you about and I'll ask you to choose a picture that is a favorite for you. And uh, you can tell me the story behind that as well. I'm going to surprise you because, like I said, I lost my notes and <laughs> I just had to pick a couple of more different pictures. Um, but I was going to ask you about the wave picture because I think I've seen that come up a few times. Um, you know, the picture. Ah, yes, of, this the, one. Yes. So that's a yes. picture of a wave. I'm going to describe it so people can know what I'm talking about. Um, it's kind of, it looks like a telephoto shot of a mm -hmm. wave and there's there's movement in the water. I don't know if the lens, if the camera has moved, but the water, they've definitely captured movement in the water with a shutter speed. Um, it's a nice, nice colors. The colors really are in within the palette of colors that you're normally using for those kind of cold scenes. It's a really nice picture. So is there anything you can tell us about that one? Um, yes, it is also a picture that I have had in my mind 
I okay. have this vision of a wave in my mind mm -hmm. and I have an idea how it, I could realize it. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I moved my camera a little bit mm -hmm. with the wave. I follow the um, movement of the wave and I did a little bit long exposure. Mm-hmm. So that's the way it looks different. Yeah. And so wh when was it taken? Was it taken in Lofoten? Yes, it was in Lofoten at Skak okay. uh, Beach. And there were, the waves were so huge. Okay. <laughs> it was, oh, it's a, so it's a big, big wave. It was a really big wave, yes. Okay. Perhaps, I don't know, perhaps two, two meters. So you've, you've shot it with a long lens. Do you remember which lens you used for that? I think uh, 400 millimeter. <laughs> okay, it's as long as that. Wow, okay. Yes. And so you, when you're using a long lens, usually if you're, are you hand-holding the camera, you're holding it in your hands or it's on the tripod? I used the tripod, but only that I don't have to hold my camera because okay. of the weight. But okay. I don't use, I didn't use the tripod to uh, make a normal long exposure. Mm -hmm. um, so, because I wanted to move the camera, mm -hmm. it was only a little bit um, easier for me. Okay, so the camera's on the tripod and maybe the, it's loose and you just can turn around with it like yeah, that. Uh, okay, exactly. I, I, no, I understand. That will make it easier to get that little shutter speed a little bit longer as well i guess right i think i used also a, a filter to slow the shutter yes ah okay okay that's the technique then but I, what i think is really interesting is that you had the picture in your mind is that something that came to you while you were on the beach or was it something you've had for a long time oh i have seen uh, such images on Instagram okay. <laughs> from different people and I always admired <laughs> those waves mm -hmm. so I wanted to, uh, to have my own wave <laughs> okay okay so from what you had in mind the, the end result is it how close is it to what you had in mind I think I would like to have a photo where I go deeper in the tube of the wave. Okay. You understand what I mean? I do, yeah. So it, more, it's more from the side, another yeah. angle, perhaps. Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean. So you're, sh you're shooting along the, the inside of the wave kind of thing. Okay. Yes. I think that's really interesting. We can have ideas. But how, how close do we, can we actually realize the idea? It's kind of challenging, isn't it? Um, it's really cool. And then, oh, there's so many other pictures I could ask you about, but I'm going to throw it back to you, Julia. Is there one picture that's just your favorite picture or it has a really good story that goes with it? <laughs> um, perhaps this, uh, this one, also one from Lofoten with the waterfall, the intimate scene of the waterfall. It's uh, the next to the wave. Okay. Yeah, it's next to the wave on your Instagram feed from the eleventh of March, you. and I think it's called the Waterway. Yes, I, the Waterway. Can... Okay, so to describe the picture, 
it's um it's a picture of a waterfall and but it's i think it's a close-up maybe of the detail within the waterfall yes it's a close-up and uh, the story behind is that there was so much snow to go to this place and i didn't know the location i just uh know that there is a waterfall okay. so I went but you didn't you didn't know where in the location the waterfall was uh, not exactly okay i heard the noise of the water and i saw a little bit behind the trees that there must be the waterfall so i went there and it, it was uh, steep and a lot of snow and yes i go there um and I was in the snow until my hips. Feet? Oh, no, in the snow deeper. till your hips? Yes. <laughs> so it was really a challenge to, wow. to be there, to go there. Mm -hmm. And um, But then I came to this location and the rain stopped or the snow stopped and I could took some intimate pictures of the waterfall and i like it because the arrangement of the stones is nice i like it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's really nice it feels like it's a close-up of the wider of a bigger scene right yes okay okay so do you know how you chose that small part of the scene are we just zooming around with the lens and seeing which bit looked best to you or do you remember that i noticed that the placement of the stones is interesting so yeah. i know where i have to put my <laughs> lens okay i just see it okay I... it's a lovely shot and so many nice shots and what I, it's good about you what i like about your photography it's not the same kind of picture all the time you know you have the waterfall one and you have some snow very minimal snow scenes waves coming in you know slow uh, motion water and you got other close-ups and things I, I like that you're not just you have a lot of different things that you like to do mm. i think that's really interesting and um so many so much for people to see if they want to go and check out your feed so i recommend that people go check that out and the links are all in the show notes um okay we're getting close to the end. This round is called Motor Drive, and it's a quick fire round, okay? Okay. So these are my Only quick... one word. <laughs> well, how, as many as you like. I say it's quick okay. fire, but I'll, I'll always say yes to whatever you want to do. So, um, okay. Wide angle or telephoto? I think telephoto. Still telephoto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Mm -hmm. Stay up late or wake up early? Oh, um, wake up late. <laughs> <laughs> wake up late. <laughs> okay, that's the best answer. Um, would you use an expensive lens cloth or just the corner of your shirt? Um, expensive lens clothes. Okay. <laughs> okay, expensive lens cloth. Fancy. Which do you use emojis? Which emoji do you like to use? Smiley emotions, I think. Okay, keeping it simple. Uh, what's your favorite German musician or what's the best German musician or band? I think 
um, Johann Sebastian Bach. Bach, okay. <laughs> Is, are German people proud of Bach and of the classical music? Some, I think some people are proud of it. Um, but I think um, Johann Sebastian Bach composed that great music because the tones, tones mm -hmm. fit together. It is so perfect for me. Okay, I'm going to check it out. Okay, what's a weird or unusual thing I could find in your camera bag? Um, persistence, but it's not a, not a material. <laughs> <laughs> When I want to learn something, something, I try to learn it, like playing violin or like doing some photographs. Like the wave I have in my mind, I try to get the picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I try to learn it. And you're a teacher, right? So yes. in a secondary school, like a high school teacher? Secondary. So, yeah. So does that, that persistence of learning, is that something that comes from your training as a teacher? Or is that something you like to see in kids that you're teaching? Is it related to your profession at all? I think that's what I'm trying to say. It could be. Um, I try to motivate my mm -hmm. students that they want to learn <laughs> um, something and that they want to be interested in something, mm -hmm. in biology or in medicine. Yes. Okay. And biology is your topic? Medicine and biology. Oh, okay. Okay. Name one photographer everybody should know. Bruce Percy. Bruce Percy. Okay. He's so, from Scotland, oh? Yeah, yes. he is. He's yes. a Scottish guy, yeah. He's he's really well known around the world, though, I think, for and his style is very, very unique. Okay, Minimalism. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I get his newsletters. I mean, I, it's it's great what he does. Um, and when do you feel at peace with the universe? Um, when I'm outside in wild nature and far away from roads and cities and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, okay, that's great. Thanks so much, Julia. You've given so much in the two interviews that it's taken to get this done. And I'm, I'm really hoping this one works out because- I hope so. <laughs> I, won't, I won't call you again. You just would never hear from me. We I could wouldn't... do it again. <laughs> oh dear, I, w I wouldn't ask you to do it again. This is going to be fine. But um, it's a, been a real pleasure to get to know you actually. and. Um, Yeah, I'm just super grateful. So take care. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Follow Julia on Instagram and check out her website. Links to everything we spoke about are in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, then check out my conversations with Kai Hornung and Magnus Lindbaum. That's all for this season. See you in a few weeks. Take care, enjoy your photography, and I'll see you out there.